Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So... Are you debating whether or not to leave your toxic relationship behind and start anew? Is your gut telling you it's time to go, but your brain is saying things aren't so bad? If you're worried about finding a new partner, getting back into that dating game, or learning more about your authentic self, just know that you're not alone. There are a lot of great benefits in starting over. On today's show, we're going to get first-hand advice from a divorcee as we discuss her sexy, fun experiences since getting divorced three years ago. She's going to share her insight about pursuing happiness for herself and, of course, her family too, but through self-love and determination and finding out more about her inner goddess, her desires, and her pleasure zones. Mm, This is going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But first, let's tell everybody about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex. And nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does today's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And we are so excited to welcome today's special guest. Since her divorce three years ago, Sadie Marie has turned her life around by opening up her sex life and sharing it with the world through her lighthearted and insightful podcast called Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Yeah, it's fun having a podcaster on a podcast. We're going to (laughs) have lots to talk about, especially um, when we get into Great Sex Matters at the end and we get into her sex life. I can't wait. So stay to the end of the show, everyone. All right, uh, Sadie, thanks for being here, taking time out of your busy day and... uh, opening up and telling us all about your story. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. I love juicy chats, especially sexy ones. Uh Yes. Sexy, Mm -hmm. juicy chats, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start hearing about your sexy, juicy story. Tell us about yourself and and tell us about how your marriage ended as well. Well, I am a proud Midwesterner, but I will say... Carol and David, I was born in Canada, so I get some points for that, right? We talked about that. In a cute little town called Dauphin, Manitoba. I have never been there except when I was about three months old and we left. So someday I will take my voyage back to Dauphin, Manitoba. So I have romanticized Canada for many years now. Someday I must live there and experience all of the joys about being a Canadian. In the summer. (laughs) Well, I'm used to cold winters because I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a creative human. I love to create, I love to collaborate, I love to connect. I'm a professional photographer. I've had my own business for 20 years, and my niche is corporate headshots and events. So I'm really happy events are coming back. And I, you know, I also love storytelling, which of course is one reason why I love being a podcaster and being on fantastic shows like yours. So thank you again for the invitation. And then regarding my divorce and why my marriage ended, I, you know, and I've had three years now to think about this, Carol and David, and. I would say, you know, ultimately, I was very lonely in my marriage, but I think the bigger learning is that I wasn't happy with myself. I didn't really love myself the way that I do now. And I think because of that, I allowed myself to be pretty unhappy for a long time, which is something I don't allow anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't allow that anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like the big, you know, the big picture reason why. And how long were my, you married? Why for? my marriage ended? 
I was married, uh, by the time we were legally divorced, it would have been almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and did you have a good friendship or sex life? Was something good in the marriage that make it, made it last that long? We had a lot of camaraderie around being entrepreneurs. I was married to someone who had a brilliant mind, who always had big ideas, who was my number one fan when it came to my business and helped me tremendously with my business. So we would talk a lot about business and politics and our children. So you never talked about sex? That was our connection. Uh, You know, that is such a great question. Sex, you know, because I wasn't happy with myself, I wasn't happy in my own body. I wasn't creative in the bedroom with my ex, which is so sad now. Isn't that such a shame that I didn't have more comfort with myself because, and we'll get into this soon. One thing I've really experienced since my divorce is that comfort with myself and enjoying sex with myself. I never enjoyed sex with myself when I was married or before my marriage. I I don't think I even owned a vibrator, which is, I just, it hurts to say that. (laughs) No, no, we definitely, we get it. It Don't worry. You know, you know, we also come from sexless marriages. Both of us imagine we are running the sexy lifestyle um, podcast and and neither of us had a great sex life while we were married to other people. But I think we've discussed over the years, the fact that if we knew then what we know now about how to talk about our wants and needs and desires right. and, and all that Ask stuff. Ask for what you want. Um, we yes. probably would have given our marriages a little bit more of an effort versus saying, well, this isn't working. It's time. I mean, we got dumped, so we didn't really have the option of, of going through that. Okay. But um, in case you don't know, but we got dumped as David's ex-wife and my ex-husband are married to each other. Right. They dumped us. They dumped that us. Is, that is a little soap opera going on over yeah. there in Montreal. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's hard. That's heartbreaking, I'm sure, for you. But, but, but now you're together and doing so much amazing things. We so. are. Thank we are. And, and we preach communication. We preach openness. We preach um, talking to honesty. your partner, honesty. And if it doesn't work, well, it doesn't work. But at least you were able to have the open communication. And it's on. It's an ongoing dialogue about your wants and needs because we all change mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. week to week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's... We do. And, you know, I have a question for you. And, and, and I know that you're wanting to learn more about my story. But I do have a quick question because something that I have learned in the last three years by doing my own internal work and, and all of that is understanding what I need. I don't even think I could articulate what I needed in my marriage around sexuality because I didn't have that comfort, right? If you don't have that comfort, how do you even say what you need? I recently, like two months ago, was asked by a man I'm I'm ethically non-monogamously dating. That's a mouthful. Um, He asked me, what do you need from me? And I almost fell on the ground because I don't think a man had ever asked me what I needed. And, and, you know, I'm like, wow, I really need to think about that. I need to really start journaling about what do I need when it comes to relationships, emotionally, sexually, like that's just an area where I'm still growing. Wow. For sure. sure, sure. And it's forever. And and it's the same thing, you know, going back, I know what my ex, um, I was continuously asking for sex. Let's have sex. Let's have sex. Mm. And I never articulated what I wanted. Because there's more to sex than just fucking. Mm-hmm. And now, Carol and I know... So much more. <laughs> there's so much more to it in terms of um, oral sex and self-pleasuring and sex in the bedroom and sex in the car and sex with toys and sex with other people and sex by yourself. And y- you're absolutely right. You need to know what you want to know to tell the other partner what you want. And that's a great question right. that that guy asked you. Yeah. You know, it what, was. I know. I fantastic. appreciate the question. I Very mature person. But also, uh, yes. when I first started uh, having sex with other people after my marriage ended, um, guys would say, so what do you like? And I'm like, right. I-, I like everything because I didn't really know how to say what I did like, what I didn't like. I didn't really know how to even answer the question. So I get what you're saying. It's hard to I, I had no idea what I, what do you like? Well, well, Carol's go-to was always pull down your pants, let me suck your cock. Yeah, and you know, for sure I love sucking cock, there's no doubt about it, but I didn't really know how to... Certain say, cock, I not all. Yeah, I didn't I'm, really I'm know how to picky. answer that, right? <laughs> right, right, but We right, have to right. learn those things, we have to talk out loud to we ourselves do. at first before we can share those words, like sometimes you never say, you know, suck my clit. Well, if you've never said that before, sometimes that's a hard thing to say, Um until you've practiced it and even heard the words out loud. And some guys don't even know that you can suck a clit. They've <laughs> just wanted to lick your clit, you know? Right. I mean, you have to be so good at communicating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So then you started a podcast. Let's start with that. Tell us about your podcast, how long you've been doing it, and what are you getting out of it? Sure. Well, someone recently asked me uh, over a coffee, uh, professional networking uh, coffee. He said, "What? What is it that you really want? Like, what do you what do you want with a career?" I said, "You know what really makes me happy in general in life, career, personal life. Otherwise, it's just creating and connecting. If I can create and I can connect, I'm happy. And that is exactly what I do on my podcast every week. I create content. I create story. I connect with interesting guests. We you know, inspire each other, we inspire the listener. And I love that process. And so that was one motivator to start a podcast. But also, I'm going to tell you, and maybe you experienced this too, after your divorce, after my divorce, because I wanted the divorce, okay, I wanted my divorce. So after my divorce, I experienced what I call the honeymoon stage with my new life, you're smiling over there. And, you know, everything was more, um, brighter and and you know the colors were brighter and the food my food tasted better and I felt more relaxed and I felt more comfortable in my body and you know I liked wearing brighter colors and I you know I was changing things with how I looked and being just bolder with my life and just really like appreciating the little things like one thing that I love to do after my divorce maybe you had one of these rituals I would sit right here in this nook of mine and I would eat clementine oranges and I would listen to old school Lionel Richie nice. I know have a crush on him. I'll always have a crush on him. <laughs> and it, like something simple like that, just that would bring me so much joy. And so sometimes when I get caught up in my life, I'm like, oh, just remember the honeymoon stage, of stage mm-hmm. after your divorce, and how just elated you were just to breathe, you know, just to wake up and not feel like, ooh, it's going to be a hard day because this person isn't going to be easy to get along with, mm-hmm. you know. As long as I'm easy to get along with myself, it's a pretty good day. So. Um, yeah, the honeymoon stage is everything. I talk about it a lot. It yeah. really um, brought me so much joy. And I, I think that was like, I want others who are going through a divorce to know like they get to have this. Like this is just waiting for you. Your honeymoon stage, like you're going to fall in love with your life again. You're going to be happy again. You're going to experience new things again. This is all just waiting for you. And, and I love that. I love telling people who are going through a divorce because it's so exhausting and traumatic yeah, and expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And sad. It can be very sad because it's sad. It's a grief. It's a loss. Yeah. Right. You're mourning your old life and you're starting. And and yes, a new life is definitely exciting. And one of the things that we decided to do is to make sure that we um, would learn from the mistakes we made in our other marriage and where we didn't communicate what we wanted, where we didn't do a lot of things right. And we know that we didn't do them right. That we decided that we would focus on those things that we didn't do right and and try to do them much better and to be better right. people and to have a better couple and to prioritize our couple over everything else. I mean, not over life and death and kids and stuff, but we never let our relationship go down the totem pole of priorities as happens with long-term relationships very often. And the first thing we said is we are going to be 100% honest with each other. I used to flush over certain things with my ex-husband and not say the full truth, you know, um, you know, just brush things by, maybe even, I'm not saying lie outright, but certainly we had independent lives and we didn't share a lot of things. And so we wanted just to share I resonate everything. with that. Yeah, I kept a lot of things from my ex. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't feel emotionally safe, so... Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's that's not huge. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely doesn't allow a, a fantastic sex life. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can right. see that. Now with your podcast, though, and you said mm-hmm. very clearly that you want to connect with people and be creative and do these things and tell everybody that right. how you can start over. Um, are you feeling it? Are you feeling that you're accomplishing what your your goals are? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, I'm sure you, you get this all the time too. People listen to your episodes and they get some inspiration and they're like, wow, I never thought I could. I was like, like that. I never thought I could say that in the bedroom. I never thought I could have sex like that with myself. I, I mean, I did an episode called 50 Shades of Vibrations where my guests, you would like, you would like her. She's delicious. Nikita, the sexologist talked about vibrators and all the different things, you, you know, all the different vibrators, what you can do with them, et cetera how you can use it with a partner. And I cannot tell you how many people after the episode were like DMing me. Oh, I love that episode. Yeah. I never realized I could enjoy it. You know, so it, things like that. It's just really rewarding. And I do a gamut. I don't just do, you know, topics about sex and such. I do a whole gamut. But yeah, it's very rewarding to know that that your content, your your um, labor of love, your passion project is connecting with people all over the country, all over mm-hmm. the, the world for mm-hmm. you. I mean, I 
most of my listeners are in North America, but I do have some in Russia I learned about the other day, hey. which that kind of made me giggle. I know, the Russians <laughs> are leaning in the divorce and happy. Who knew? Yeah. Relationships, so, sex, yeah, I, and marriage yeah, is... It's, yeah. it's primal. Global, Everybody yeah. wants... Yeah, yeah it's global yeah. and we're, primal. We're mammals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. mammals. We're, we're born to connect. Yeah. I mean, saying that is... is dece- saying that we're not is deceiving yourself. Right. Everyone is born to connect. If you're a mammal, that's what you do. So, so, Sadie, growing up, did you grow up in a family that was uh, sexually open? <laughs> did you talk about stuff? Oh, David, 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 David. I sure didn't. <laughs> I grew up the daughter of a Lutheran minister. Ooh, okay. I grew up being a good girl, and sex led to all things... Uh, you know, scary, evil. Um, no, I, I did not. I was never encouraged to be a sexual being. I was encouraged to be the, quite the opposite, actually. And as, as so you, I, as I don't you... think I enjoyed sex in my 20s, honestly. I don't think I really honestly enjoyed sex until I got divorced. Wow. And that's that's unfortunate. But, but that's why I love to talk about it. I mean, I just had a conversation with one of my guests that I interviewed yesterday. She's a fashion designer, recently divorced, and she has not had sex yet since her divorce. I'm like, okay, we got to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, want, I want that for all people, especially women, I think, and the patriarch. Uh, we aren't, as women, encouraged to be sexual beings the way men are. Maybe you disagree with me, and please do if you do. But I know I certainly, I certainly wasn't uh, encouraged to be a sexual being. Oh, no, and we now agree with life, you. I'm yeah. like, we agree with yeah, you. Yeah, midlife, I'm like, I'm going to be a sexual being, and if you're not comfortable with that, uh, let's talk about it. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to change my path to make you more comfortable. No, so. not at all. Now, what would you say would be the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself since you've been single again? Hmm. I've learned that I really love my freedom. And at the same time, I've learned that I do want connection, but I've learned that I'm not really as emotionally available as I think I am. And I I know that that is about my own insecurities and fears around being fully vulnerable with someone else. I'm just going to own that. And that's okay. You know, yeah, we all are where time, we are. Anyways. It takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, but I desire that. And so I think now that I'm more cognizant, like, wow, you know, if you're not finding emotionally available people in your life, meaning dating, maybe it's because you're not emotionally available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We kind of mirror, we kind of give what we give. Right. Right. I mean, and so I'm realizing, okay, I think that in 2022, I'm really going to deep dive on that and figure out how I can be more vulnerable in ways that feel right yeah but also yeah so, because it's got to be in a safe situation it's got to be with the right person oh, and, and even recognize what that might look like is not as right. easy when you haven't had it before right and i think i'm i'm ready now for that i mm-hmm. feel you know for such a long time after divorce i was just all about the fun and games stack the dates stack the sex you know and that was good because i learned a lot about myself i learned what i liked sexually i all had a purpose but now I'm ready for that a little that depth. I'm ready for the relationships, like the wow. deeper relationships. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's always good when you recognize your own flaws and you work on them. Some people don't even realize that they need to do these kinds right. of things because they don't know how much better they will have a, a better life, a better love life. I agree. Um, better relationships and, you know, all, all around better until you fix some of those things. Are there things right. that you need to fix on? There's always things to fix, baby. Really? Yeah, nobody <laughs> should we, sit on their laurels and think. Carol, we can talk about it. Yeah, nobody should say I'm the best person I can be um, no. in any one given time. There's always things to fix. You know what's the one thing I don't need to work on? What's that? My sense of humor. Oh, maybe maybe you should work on it a little bit. Babe. No, 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 no. I'm Just very happy. Bit. I laugh at everything I do and say. <laughs> I know. We all laugh at you, baby. Perfect. <laughs> See? It's... Well, it's good to laugh at yourself. It's very uh-huh. free. My claim uh-huh. to fame. Yeah, definitely. We're just going to take a little moment here and remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're talking with Sadie Marie from Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Now let's talk about topless travel and the amazing trip that we have planned for next year. Absolutely. And yes, of course, topless travel is the best. If you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with topless travel. From Hedonism 2 in Jamaica and Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences, topless travel needs to be your number one choice. Their trips and events are all about the people and their sexy, fun experiences. So let's shout out to their sexy host couples, including Chelsea and Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Absolutely. And you'll find us on so many of their amazing uh, topless travel trips. And listen up. 
The one that we're really looking forward to this year is their Sexy Silver full takeover at Desire Pearl in 2020 from October 16th to the 23rd. And we're going to be broadcasting live from there. And you know what? Rooms are really selling quickly. So book now. Come and join us for a week. We would absolutely love to meet you. And for those who are booking early, you can check out the special deals that are being offered right now. And for more information about this trip or any of the Topless Travel events, just go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the Topless Travel Events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Just go do it. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carolyn David. Now it's time to get back to our show. We're having a great discussion with Sadie Marie from Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Now let's get into talking about getting back into dating. Well, for me, that's the scariest part about getting divorced. Everyone wants to know that there is love after divorce and, of course, that there is sex after divorce. But that takes a lot of courage to get back out there and find the right partners. We were lucky because we basically, you know, everybody knows our story where our exes got married to each other and we were just left out there hanging um, when we got divorced and we had that great monkey sex right mm. from the beginning, but not everybody's that lucky. Yeah, because we actually became fuck partners right away. Although we did see other but people, you, we were on the dating game ourselves, but we ended absolutely. up together. But you know, you know, who's the first person I fucked when my ex dumped me? <laughs> I know. The babysitter. <laughs> That's a fantasy a lot of guys have, right? <laughs> oh, Yeah. And it must have been good because she came back to babysit for free another time. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and the kids weren't even at home. <laughs> That's so funny. So, Sadie, what happened with you? Did you start going on dating apps um, like Tinder or Bumble or anything mm. like that? Well, here's a fun story. So, literally, I think two weeks after my divorce became legal, my friend, just a platonic friend, Greg, took me out for a cocktail. He said, look, here's the deal. He said, I'm going to challenge you. He's, he's like, you like to be competitive. You're kind of competitive. I know that about you. So I'm going to challenge you between now and the end of the year to go on 27 dates. And here are the rules. You just have to find the person attractive and you have to find something about him interesting. And I am competitive. So I'm like, okay, game on. And so for me, that helped get me into the dating world because I had this little competition going on. I thought it'd be playful and fun. Well, I live again, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I'm just going to say Minnesota men love you, light and love, but they just don't do much for me. They don't do much for me. I don't really want to do crazy kinky things with Minnesota guys. Mm, I wish I did. Oh, well. So what I started to do on these apps, which are Tinder and Bumble, and I think Hinge, is I started to travel. You know, you can do the travel mode, right? So you can upgrade and you can go to any city you want so i would go to new york and i would go to atlanta i would go there on the app and i would meet men and i will tell you this men will come to you they will get on a plane and they will come to you in fact i've had so many what i call real hometown visits since my divorce i created a podcast episode all about it with <laughs> tips so check check that out listener it is fun and juicy and i remember going to new york and just like Stacking the dates. I mean, I would, I would go by myself or I'd go stay with a, 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 my gay friend, Bao, and stack my dates. I would come home and he and I would giggle. I'd, I'd kiss and tell everything to him and we'd giggle about it over ice cream. So I had so much fun. Thank you, Greg, my friend Greg, for giving me that challenge because it really got me back into the dating world. And the, the stakes were low for me. I mean, I was just looking to have breezy fun, experiment with sex, understand again what i was interested in when it came to a partner when it came to dating and i have really done a 180 since i was in my 20s when it comes to you know my my attitude towards monogamy obviously how i see sex how i communicate with men so that time in my life was well it was scrumptious and so many things yeah, but yes. it really it gave me a lot more bold energy around relationships and and sex and how i view monogamy which which they're all very different now than when I was in my I, I 20s looking is, for a husband, looking for a husband. I know this is a detail, but I think a lot of people are thinking also, did you actually date 27 guys before the end of the year? I did. Wow. That's cool. Did. See, that's because I would go to New York and cities like, you know, uh, Chicago and stack them. I got you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, wow. I, I got another question. How many okay. of them did you kiss and fuck on the first date? Well, I don't know if I, I had a, uh, keep track of that i i don't know maybe maybe half probably the new, i mean like the new york guys i mean i've had some memorable dates with new york men and chicago men 
but not all of them. Okay. Certainly not all of them. And were you yeah. the one who Maybe said? Maybe kissed, but not necessarily had sex. Were you the one who said, okay, enough talking, let's go get naked? Oh, did I ever flat out say that? I mean, I think my non-verbals probably communicated that well of touching and, and touching the arm and leaning in. And I remember one great date in New York. This is one of my favorite New York moments with a date was when, you know, we were having so much fun. So like we had our appetizers and then we went out for chocolate cake and then we went out for shots of whiskey. And then finally I'm like, okay, what should we do next? He goes, well, I could get a hotel. And I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do that next. <laughs> wow. That's fun. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah, that was so fun. And we had very delicious sex. And we stayed in touch for about a year. And and I met up again with him on my birthday. Wow. He gave me a special, very do, special. Do day you remember the first birthday. time you had sex? Like, how did it feel opposed to having sex with your, your husband, ex. who you've been with for eleven years? It felt. It felt. Uh, how did it? Feel. David, that is such a good question. I think it felt kind of out of body. I think initially it felt kind of surreal. Like, am I doing this? I'm doing this. This is happening. I'm I'm saying these things. I think it felt kind of surreal initially when I first started having sex again. Yeah. Because it was so different. But you know one thing I remembered? Like, oh, kissing again. I don't know if you experienced this with your ex-partners, but I remember when I was married, like, I, I, like we didn't really kiss passionately. You know, we yeah. kind of did that, you know, like that very beige right. kissing. And so I remember being single again and just, oh, can I just make out with you? Like, can we just be like teenagers and just make out for hours? I and mean, I just remember loving the kissing again mm-hmm. so much. I, I think we did forgotten too. that I yeah, was yeah. good at kissing. Good at that. Yeah. yeah, and we realized that is so yeah, that's so important to the sexual feeling and the passion is that kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, and, and don't the, you think that when you know someone's going to be good in bed, it's dependent on how good a kisser they are. Uh-huh. It's so true. It right. absolutely is. Right. Yes. And, that, yeah. and that first time, like he pulled down his pants and you saw that big erection, was it like, ooh, <laughs> there's other sizes out there? Or like, was it? Oh, like, yes. I love all the other sizes. <laughs> I thoroughly okay. enjoy. I kind of have, I, I feel like the eight inches. That's kind of my sweet spot. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm out. I just have the AWC. (laughs) I have the average white cock and I sit in around five or six inches. So I think you're, I mean, I don't know. Do you use a cock ring? I'll use anything if you want to sleep with me. (laughs) (laughs) You're a perfect size, David. Cock rings are a must. Cock rings are a must. Okay. But I was going to ask you if you have any must-have qualities for any guy you date, but I can Mm. understand now it's got to be first eight inches, but what about the other things? (laughs) He has to be a good kisser. And a good kisser. We got that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think someone, you know, beyond the, the physical chemistry, right? I mean, obviously that's a key component, but... What I really, what's a deal breaker now is if you're not consistent with me, Mm. if you are not a consistent person, if you're not a reciprocal person, meaning obviously I'm putting more into things than you are, I don't don't have time for that because that's been a lot of my past relationships and that's just an old tape. So reciprocity is huge. You know, obviously being a good communicator, uh, being consistent, those are all things that are really important to me and being, you know, kind person. Being curious about me. I mean, I don't know how many first dates I have been on where I have not been asked any interesting questions. Mm-hmm. I've just been talked at. Like I am like, you know, the, the guy was the presenter and I was at a conference just mm-hmm. taking notes. I mean, that is such a turn off. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's such a turn off. Yeah. I don't have time for that. I don't so, have time for that. So when you went out on these dates, did you like wear sexy lingerie to make yourself feel hot and you know desirable i would actually not wear any underwear i oh. don't like wearing underwear oh okay. you and carol get yeah. along just great <laughs> but that's a smart yeah, thing too. who I, can who can be bothered with underwear easy access yeah and was it was it, you know i would always wear something that was you know form-fitting um i like yeah i like being sexy make my hair real big i like being a nice full lip make the eyes real nice mm-hmm. of course it's fun yeah for sure now when you were just looking at the app like the tinder or bumble mm. what what attracted you what made you attracted to that person and agree to meet them somehow? Yeah, you couldn't see his eight inch cock on right. the first image well what made me swipe right or what made me agree to meet right. him because those are two different questions okay i'm not really sure so the meeting the what made you decide to actually meet him meet yeah. okay so beyond the the game of 27 dates where i just trying to get to that goal i think now is is this person able to have a conversation with me okay is this person able to ask me a question of substance. Does this person seem interested in me as a human being or do they just want to fuck me? Because, I, you know, sure, maybe I want to fuck you too, 
I'm not, I'm not against that, right. but I, I'm also at a stage now, three years in, I mean, I have fucked a lot of men. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, I have sucked a lot of dick. I have had so much sex. It's kind of a blur. I mean, the first time I took a STI test, like a year after my divorce, I'm like, they ask you how many partners you have. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, that's not good. Oh, I'm like, oh, that's 30, funny. Maybe more. Uh, so um yeah now I'm, I'm in a different stage you know i'm not needing monogamy i'm i'm open to to non-monogamy but i am wanting more what i guess you would identify as polyamory mm-hmm. or um a relationship like yourselves where you have you have uh, i guess you have um a commitment you're you're married you're committed i don't need to be married but but you're open around other sexual experiences so I have an open mind about all of this. I'm not locked in where it has to be like this or it has to be like this. But I just know that I as a being need to be with people in general who I can connect with, who are good communicators, who show some interest in me as a human, right? Where it's not just about them and what they need. Yeah. So what we call our relationship is that we are emotionally monogamous, but we like to have sex with mm. other partners. We like to explore sex with other partners. And it's not yeah, just this. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Partners like Sadie. Of course. Yeah, we're going to meet her this winter. <laughs> but hon, you've, you've proposed to her 10 times already. So I think she knows that you want to have sex with her. All right. right. Okay, we're, we're, we're gonna... Here's a question I have. Can I ask you a question? Because sure. you just seem so lovely and happy and healthy with what you have going on over there in Montreal. So here's my question for you. So I've been doing this ethical non-monogamy thing for three years now. And what I am curious about, so curious about is this, and David, I, I might put you on the hot seat, but Carol, of course, I want your opinion too. Do you feel like men can be emotionally in love, like in love with more than one woman? Because I don't think they can. Well, if you're talking about polyamory, that's the proof that they do that. If you can be in yes, love. Yes, I think that that is a unique man. If he can really I would probably love say he's a more than man, one I woman. I would agree to that. But, you know, in polyamory, right. he could be in love with another man and another woman. You know, it doesn't have to be another woman. It's just two oh, different no, but relationships. To, correct. And correct. That, I, I think I could be in love with more than one man. Mm-hmm. Easy. That wouldn't be hard for me. The trick is, like, can a man really love more than one woman? I, David, I, what do you think? Yeah, it's a good I, question. Yeah, keep it. I think absolutely yes, talking for myself, because... Um, I'm a very giving person. I'm a romantic. I'm um, mm, the, sure. the person who, um, you know, thinks about what we're going to do to spice up our evenings and and mm. make the other parts of our life very special. Yeah, um, you're definitely nice. a very loving person. Yeah, yeah. But so, it takes a lot of work, right? It, That's a really right. lot, a big commitment. But but if you're going into something like this, you have to be able to do the work. It's like it's like a relationship or a marriage. It's work. Yeah, it's work, definitely. It's work. I would say that if I was a man in my own body, if I was a man, I would not have the ability to love two women. I don't think so. Mm. I don't have the patience. I don't have, mm. is, I, but I need a man. But who, isn't there a continuum of love though? I mean, why, this is what I don't understand. Like we can have so many friends that you mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why do we limit love when it comes to partners? Romantic? I, I don't understand yeah. that. I, I mean, I'm agreeing with the fact that Yes, but your primary partner, even your primary friend is still primary. There's still, like you say, there's a, there's a continuum. So you have one major friend that really connects with you in a certain way. And in another situation, another friend might connect with you, but we're kind of looking. I don't think I have a primary friend though. I'd like a, like you think about a cake, right? Mm -hmm. And the tiers of a cake. Like Mm -hmm. I have friends that are in that top tier. There's maybe like three or four. Right. But they're not, there isn't just one. No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be just one, but listen, if you're lucky enough to have one person who meets all your needs, well, that's cool. But you see, even yeah, with David and I, I he doesn't hard. meet all his all my needs, but I can get right. my other needs met by another re- type of relationship, like this open relationship that we have. I can get my other needs met there and not have to pick up his laundry and you know clean the shower after and that kind of stuff you know like but there are other sexual needs you're getting met they're not emotional needs you're they, getting they met. can be so emotional you... needs too sure okay yes okay yes emotional okay so you needs do have other partners that... and and other okay. sex partners and you know if you okay, are so open you do to have that. emotional needs even though you're you said earlier you're emotionally monogamous yes but, but you I, do get other emotional well needs even if you have from... more that yes because other friends can give you emotional needs that david can't be my best girlfriend either like you know like so oh, i sure. get emotional support from my girlfriends that i hang with and certainly he can't provide that for me but i don't know oh, and i certainly love them 
but I don't need to be in love with them and them being part of my life permanently. I can still get that emotional support or connection without them being part of my love life, so to speak. That's just my opinion. I don't think I would have patience getting, to getting, have more than one love relationship. But getting back to your question, Sadie, I think um, I could have, if Carol and I decided that we wanted to bring uh, a third into our couple, that I could um, invest the time um, because it was something that was going to be good for the three of us together. And you would you, sure. and you would do a good job. If he's decided that's going to be how we're going to live, he would definitely do a good job. He's a very loving person. So I can see David being that. Yes. That's my opinion. But for me, no, I'm not that it. person. And if we were living in the same city, would you be that person that you wanted me to love? <laughs> Well, I have a type, David. I'm just going to say I have a type. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. And that, that size cock, I think it's very, I could, it's I could, predetermined. I could get um, hair transplants. Hair transplants. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. No, I like being bald. It feels great on the pussy. <laughs> so do you ever compare the guys that you're dating with your ex in a good way or a bad way? My ex-husband? No. No. Okay. So he's no. out of your unless mind. They unless they're talking too much. Oh, and gosh. <laughs> Then he's like, my ex, that's not good for him. It's not good for him. Mm. him. (laughs) All right, here's the other question. What about younger guys? How young do you go? Oh, let's talk. Let's lean in. Mm. I love me my millennial men. So, yes, I am a fan of millennial men, but I've learned that dating anyone like under 35 is usually not going to work, especially if he or she – I don't date women. I'll retract that. Especially if he – has never been married or has kids because it's you know once you've been married and you have kids it's just a different life experience yeah and i think it's it's hard to meet those two different worlds i dated a 30 year old who was the sweetest guy he didn't know what he was doing in the bedroom but i loved him his personality he was adorable um but but he you know i mean he would text me at three in the morning because he'd be out with friends i'm like wow I've been in bed since 11 and I wake up to this text. I'm like, wow, all that energy. I remember having that in my thirties. It was amazing. So, you know, we just weren't obviously meant to be long-term, but I learned a lot from him and I think he's adorable and sweet, but you know, millennial men are great for me as long as they have some emotional maturity, which Mm -hmm. usually is life experience, right? So if you've been married, you have kids, you have that responsibility or you have that knowing of, uh, or that, that loss, that understanding of that loss, or you've done some, maybe some internal work, right? Yeah. That's going to help me be more connected to a younger man. But I'm a fan of younger men. They are fun. Now, do they you ever picture, do you picture yourself actually having a relationship that's a lasting relationship with a young man? I think as long as he and I can connect and he has, again, if he's reciprocal and he's invested and, and, and he is curious about me and, and, and invests into me the way that I could invest into a partner. Absolutely. I would never limit myself for an age. Yeah. And then he has that energy, which, you know, we all wish we had in this age. (laughs) Oh, I love that energy in the bedroom. I have had, I had one, well, hopefully I see him this month and use my new blanket. Can't wait to use that. But he has done things to me that no man has ever done. Oh, oh my God. Wow. So that's I hope nice. he can come. See, he's supposed to be in town in a couple of weeks. So I hope he comes. I know. I like that. It has been nice. I know. And I love telling stories to my girlfriend's like, and then he did that. And then oh. he did that. And their jaw gets like, Right. Well, when I I met David, I had the best sex I ever had in my whole life. And I had had a lot of sex even before I was married. I'd had a ton of sex, but I had no idea that sex could be as good as the sex I had with David when I first met him. And I'm sure that's how I ended up marrying him because I just couldn't find anything better. (laughs) That's a big deal. When you have that sexual compatibility. Yeah. You know, as long as, okay, so I've had great sex. So here's a great question for you again. And I know I'm interviewing you on my podcast, so I should set all these questions, but Maybe I'll save it for later. But anyway, I would love to hear from you sometime if we have time today or when you're on my podcast episode. I would love to hear from you. Like, it's great to have sex with someone, but if they can't meet your emotional needs, great sex isn't enough. Yeah. It's just not enough for a long-term relationship. It, no, it's not. But the thing is that we, swingers. we personally believe that, you know, compatibility is something that grows between you and that if you are, let's say, compatible in bed, but not compatible emotionally, you can learn those things. Those are things this that you actually true. can talk about I agree and you with can that. work your way through those things. So compatibility is definitely something that. you build together. And also as swingers, you know, we are like Carol said, um, emotionally monogamous. But when we go and have sex with other people, uh, whether it be a foursome, a morsum, an orgy, 
um, it's just about the sex. We're not looking for an emotional connection. We've made some great right. friends and we're good friends with people. But, um, you know, we are not looking to fall in love with someone, nor are we looking for people right. to fall in love with us. And that's right. the beauty of being in any type of alternative lifestyle. You can do it just for the physical pleasure. Yeah, but she was asking the opposite. What if you're good in bed and I not know. emotional? Yes, right, okay. Right, I know. So, but I really believe that you can work those things out. There. But we've never had sex with anybody in the 15 years we've been swinging, and there's been an emotional connection. No, no, you're right. But the same thing with the But bedroom. we love all our friends who are listening to the show, <laughs> but just not emotionally. You're, yeah. You guys are great fucks. Uh, yeah. But I also believe that you, if you have a connection outside the bedroom and really it's not great in the bedroom, you can definitely learn that as well. So compatibility right. is something that you can figure out together. I have questions about that. I'm going to save my questions for later. Okay. okay. But I, I, that, that gave me some fun questions. Okay. Well, so that's, that's a lot you. of fun. No, this has been a great segment. Let's just remind everybody that we are Carol and David and that we're having an amazing discussion with Sadie Marie from Sadie's Divorce and Happy. Coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay right there. If you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, then go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. Check it out. Absolutely. All right, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. You know we're Carol and David, and now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. Okay, so now we're at the part of the show where we get down and dirty with our guests. We love hearing about novelty sex, so that might be the thing that we're going to get on to next. So exciting to have sex with new partners. But first, let's talk about masturbation. And of course, the most important sex is the sex we have with ourselves first, which leads to self-exploration and self-love. So Sadie, you mentioned it earlier, but let's get into it a little bit deeper now. How sure. did you change up your masturbation routine after divorce? Well, at first of all, I, I bought myself a couple of toys and I just... I started allowing myself to practice something I'd done my whole life, masturbation. I mean, I think when I was younger, I did it a little bit when I was an adolescent, just because I was curious and I loved the outcome. You know, I used to wake up to having orgasms. Have you ever had that happen, Carol? Uh, no, no. And my, when I was married, I would wake up having orgasms because I wasn't having them wow. with my partner. Wow. I know it was, it was very, I don't, ha I don't have that happen anymore because I have plenty of orgasms. That would be nice, but no. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I'd wake up having this amazing orgasm. It was surreal. Um, but, you know, now I, I create special time with myself. I have a date night. Maybe I have a cocktail. Maybe I have a gummy, a band of gummies, yeah. edibles, and I have some great sex with myself. I just did that last night. I now own the womanizer. I bought that after having a fun conversation with one of my podcast clients and after you must own that. I'm sure you have like five. No, yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, they're so fun. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite like go-to, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So different than a vibrator. So different. So yeah, if you want that squirting orgasm, listener, buy the, buy the womanizer. It's a game changer. So yeah, I just, I really love connecting with myself that way, being creative. I mean, sometimes I imagine myself with a partner Sometimes I just talk dirty to myself and say naughty things. Um, it's fun. I have a lot of fun with it. Wow. It's that's, a great release. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a very good routine. It's something that you've been practicing now these three years. And of course, you're going to continue mm -hmm. to do. Are you, um, right. um, have you changed, even since you started doing it three years ago, how has it changed? Well, I think I do it more often. Well, especially, you know, with COVID, I certainly was masturbating more than than I had prior just because I didn't have partners I could be sexually active with. And I think that's probably one reason why I like to do it more because I had so much fun realizing I can really pleasure myself. You know, the danger though that I realized that is is an orgasm from a vibrator is very different than with a yeah. partner. Yeah. But I do I do like to couple um, penetration with a partner with sex toys. Mm -hmm. I find that very for sure. satisfying for sure, right David? Yeah, yeah. why was I doing that years ago? But you know, I think for me, it's just important that I'm comfortable with my body, that I'm appreciating my body, that that I don't have to wait. I think as women, again, we just we feel like we have to be picked or we have to wait for a man to pleasure us. We have to wait for a man to pick us so we can have a sexual experience. Right. Like when I was talking to this uh, guest on my podcast yesterday. She's like dating, like waiting, like, you know, you just need to buy the womanizer. Like you, need, <laughs> you just need to start getting comfortable with yourself. 
Yeah. Because why should we be waiting? We don't need to be waiting to have an orgasm. No. We can give ourselves an orgasm. Now, the other thing is, I mean, practicing having orgasms makes it easier to have an orgasm during sex as well. Um, when I, absolutely. Yeah, when I first was single and I met David, he figured out how to make me come. I didn't really even know. I didn't play with toys when I was... Um, when I was younger or when I was married, my first sex toys I got when I was with David. So that's how crazy it is. And I did not have orgasms very often. And that's probably why I didn't wake up having orgasms. It was very rare for me to have an orgasm when I was married. Now, with practice, you get like that, I don't know, connection in your brain and how to right. make it uh, happen. Have yes. you noticed that? you That have, muscle memory. Right. It's a muscle memory. You notice, it's repetition. Yeah. Do you notice that you have it easier to get an orgasm or more frequently you orgasm? Oh, I mean, when I'm having my own play, I can just have orgasm after orgasm mm -hmm. after orgasm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bananas. Mm -hmm. it, it's very fun. Yeah. yeah. Now you talked. Yeah, about, it's a lot easier. You talked about squirting. Did you squirt before your divorce? <laughs> no. When that first happened to me, I, I I I was so confused what was going on. And, and the partner I was with had, had had that happen to him before. So he's like, oh, look, I have got us. You know, he was kind of nasty, which, of course, made me want to fuck him a lot. But um, he's like, I've got a squirter in the bed. I'm like, I know what is going on. So it's fun when I have that happen with partners. It means, first of all, it means I'm really into them. If mm -hmm. I'm really into you, that's going to happen to me. Also, if you have an eight-inch cock, it's really going to help yeah, the, the issue. Sure. <laughs> um um, but yeah, it's that chemistry. It's obviously the, the, the depth of the penetration. It's how comfortable I'm feeling in the moment. But oh my gosh, I okay, are we leaning in? Can I be really yes, juicy absolutely. right now? Okay. So I recently had anal sex with a partner that I'm just very physically and emotionally into. And I had a squirting orgasm anally wow. that has never happened before wow i could have used cool. the blanket i could have used the blanket it's cool <laughs> that's it was very cool a first it now was were you first. playing with your clit at the same time while you were having anal sex no, no. wow so your brain was doing it like you, you know you were feeling the sensation from inside and it was stroking yes. your clitoris was getting stimulated from the anal penetration that's surreal. awesome it was awesome well yeah. well mm -hmm. we um played with another single guy last year and we did double vag so two cocks and carol's pussy and she loves being full and i mean she's a big squirter but she let out yeah gallons yeah, I, I, it, it seemed great. like wow. gallons and and both of us just stayed in there we were both rock hard and as she's having this this squirting ejaculation we're holding on for dear life because she's pushing and we're <laughs> pulling and it was so so hot we had to do like i was gonna say that's sexy yeah yeah definitely sexy so if i'm really full or if i'm riding cock then for sure i i'm gonna squirt and it splashes and splashes and splashes so if I'm riding and it's splashing and splashing as I'm squirting and squirting with every stroke, yeah. but I don't need a cock inside me to squirt. I actually know how to, I usually stand, you know, sort of crouch onto my knees and I just tap my clit and the squirt just flows and flows and flows. Hopefully into my mouth. Hey. Yeah. He likes it when it, he likes drinking Dude, it. So yeah. That's I inspiring. That over I need to practice that. I need to try that. You know, I didn't know that either. And I only ever squirted when David had his fingers inside me. That was kind of how I, I knew how to yeah. squirt, right? Or if I was riding like I just said but then we went on a play date and the girl just sort of went up on her knees and she started tapping her clit and the squirt was flying I said I'm gonna try that and I did and I went whoa look at this new okay. trick it was really cool okay and when I we're with a new when I'm with a new guy and I go to straddle him if I take his cock and I actually tap my clit with his cock then I squirt, like I could tap with my fingers or his cock, but he thinks his cock did it. And then I squirt wow. all over his cock and he's like, oh, this is hot. This is amazing. It and is. then there's a puddle of squirt all it. over it. And then we start fucking. And then and there's squirt, squirt flying, flying everywhere. in the faces <laughs> and everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Of course, you ha when, you're in a when you're in a swinger situation, you kind of have to be aware that other people around don't necessarily want my squirt on them. <laughs> and so some girls go, ooh, what's on me? What's coming? <laughs> so you do have to be aware that not everybody enjoys it so, so. we're sli we're sliding into our realm which is non-monogamy and, and threesomes and group sex and swinging and all that right. stuff yeah. so you know we talked a little bit earlier about you know uh, your, your your view on non-monogamy and how it's something that you're mm -hmm. looking forward to but is it because you're like looking for more in your sexual world than just one-on-one -on -one sex is that why you want to bring other people in 
I have a lot of curiosity. I mean, I, I'm going to own, I have never had a threesome in my life, but I have, I have curiosity around it. I think I'd actually prefer it with a woman initially, but with a partner that I, like the last partner that um, visited me, I, I have a fantasy of us having a threesome mm-hmm. with a woman. Like I would love that so much. It'd be so interesting. I have been to swinger events. I've found that as a divorced woman, I I feel a little um, like the odd woman out. I don't really know how I fit into that world because I think that world's a lot more fun when you have partners. Like I found uh, intrigue around couple swapping. I was in one situation where we did what's called, I guess, nesting where I was with my partner and another partner was in our, the same bed and we had sex simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Okay. I've tried so many times to have a couple swap and it's never worked out. That seems like, like the impossible challenge. But again, maybe if I was like you in a, in a partnership and we found another couple, yeah. that would be easier. I, yeah. you know, I've tried to be really creative around that because I think that would be really sexy, but I'm, I have an openness to a lot of things, but I think it's because of my status as a single woman, um, you know, just makes it a little more, I have to be more creative with how I experience these things. But I know, I know if as a single woman, no, I'm not a single woman, but you being a single woman, if you went on a lifestyle vacation, the many places that we go, or you went to a lifestyle club, um, you would be the, the queen there. People would be, you would be the third the third in a tr- in um, a no, threesome right, people, for the couple. Yeah, people would be like, oh, oh I understand a, that. A but, unicorn. but I, no, I understand what a unicorn is. I've been educated on all of that. But I think for me, I'm kind of like a demisexual person. Like I like to have connection. So I think I would walk in. I would rather walk into a swinger party with a with a, a yeah. partner. Yeah. yeah. And and then you know he and I would do things with another couple mm-hmm. and watch each other. Like that would be much more meaningful to me than than walking into a party and everyone's a stranger to me. And I'm just like, I, sometimes I feel honestly like a piece of meat because mm-hmm. I have been to a swinger pool party and I can't tell you how many men touched me without my consent. And I did not like it. That's, I yeah. did not wrong. like it. Yeah. That's yeah. That is wrong. Yeah. It's yeah, it is unfortunate. So it doesn't make me want to necessarily do a lot of that by myself as mm-hmm. a single woman. Right. And that's not the kind of vulnerability you're looking for. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. That's not a safe home. But, but anyways, the uh, the fact that you're open to it, the fact oh, that you're very, working on having curious. a partner who's also open to it, that's great. Yes, I would love that actually. And do you think it's, it's do you think it's important as you go out and date that you find a person who is open minded and wants to allow more than yes, um, yes, 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 yes. So it's definitely on the list. And along with the eight inch cock, it's definitely on the list that you want to be open. (laughs) You know, I okay, okay, okay. I mean, I'm sure that anyone that I've dated listens to this is an eight inch cock. Like, so it's, a lot of people don't need it. Don't need it. Don't need an eight inch cock to make sex satisfying. I'm just saying, I know how my body responds. We're to the sweet pot. I know the sweet yeah, spot. I got it. <laughs> it's a sweet spot for me, Carol and David. Yeah. I'm no. sure I could find your sweet spot. Ah! Could you find my E spot though? Um, the A, B, C, D, E, F, any spot you want me to find, I will find. Yeah. I work hard. Oh, good. Oh, good. He, he will oh, explore good. every oh, little yes. aspect and f- yes. find what makes you, what, tic- what tickles your fancy yes, for sure. I love giving. Giving is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, this has been an amazing discussion and it's gone <laughs> so, 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 so quickly. It uh, did. But by the end of our show, we like to give a little bit of final advice. What would you say would be the top two things that someone should consider if they're debating whether or not to leave their toxic relationship? Well, number one, and I had to ask myself this too, why are you staying? Are you staying out of guilt? Are you staying out of obligation? Are you staying out of shame? Are you staying? I mean, I used to tell myself, okay, marriage is a spiritual you know, journey and it involves sacrifice. And if I'm not happy, you know, that's just part of the process. I I would tell myself all these things so that I could convince myself that staying was the reason it was the right thing. When, when really what I needed to, to be doing was, was asking myself, you know, how, why is it you value yourself so little that you're willing to be so lonely and unhappy and angry and, and punish yourself with, with not taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually. So, so I would ask those two things, like, why are you staying? And why aren't you valuing your happiness more? 
you know, what is your vision for your life? What do you really want? You know, is it really that important to be married if, if, if you're going or be in a relationship, if you're feeling so much negativity towards yourself? Because you have to live with yourself. I mean, I have to live with my thoughts every day, right? I have to live with the way I feel every day. I have to live with how I'm in my body every day. No one else is going to live that for me. No. And a lot of times people want to stay because of the kids. What do you say for that, about that? Your kids know when you're unhappy. Yeah, my kids are old enough to hear hear fighting and and know my sadness. Yeah, yeah. And and now, I mean, yes, my kids. Here's the thing: the the kids have the biggest loss when it comes to a divorce to some degree because they're the ones that have to have two houses. They're the ones that don't get to have mommy and daddy at a certain celebration, etc. But also, you can co-parent in a way that's harmonious, and and you can be the the better person so that your kids can have be with you and, and feel comfortable. Yeah. So my ex and I have done that pretty well, I feel, although not perfectly, but pretty well. Good. So, you know, your kids know. I mean, I had a girlfriend who recently was divorced. She's in the happiest, honey, most happiest honeymoon stage of her life right now. And prior to her divorce, she, her kids her kids are teenage girls, but they would say things like, why don't you divorce dad? Ugh. Why aren't you just divorced already? I mean, that is in your face, yeah. right? Because they see so, it. They see it. Yeah. And your kids are going to be much better off if you are in a happy relationship with yourself, not just with somebody else down the road, but with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you project things onto your kids when you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Even the best parent does that. I know when I am not in a good space, I can snap a lot more quickly than I like to at my kids. And, and you know, as long as I'm taking care of myself emotionally, physically, spiritually, it, it makes me a much better parent. And if I'm in a happy relationship with myself, I'm going to be a much better parent than if I'm not in one with myself. Yes, absolutely. Agreed, 100%. You, you know, Sadie, um, our listeners have probably heard us, I don't know how many times over the last four years, talk about making a conscious decision to be happy. Our tagline is yes. happy, healthy, and horny. And, mm. you know, if you, if you cannot find a way to live happy because life is short, then you need to make changes where you are going to be happy, whether it's alone, with a new partner, with with changing where you live. But you have to. Happy is good. It's healthy. It reduces stress. It make, makes you live longer. Um, it, and, and be a better person, basically. And, and, and it's a conscious decision, a conscious choice that we can make ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what happiness leads to? It leads to having cool conversations like this. Yes. <laughs> Think of all the people you have met because you chose to be happy. Yeah, people. you're right. 100 All the amazing conversations, experiences, new things that have come into your life because you picked happiness yeah. for yourself. David's license yeah. plate on his car is be happy too. So he spreads the gospel mm. about being happy in his car Love when it. he's driving around. So Absolutely. yes. Thank you, David. All right. The hour is up. Sadie Marie, thank you so much for sharing all thank that amazing you, information. Um, why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can find your website, social media, and your podcast? Sure. Well, Sadie's Divorce and Happy Podcast. I drop content every Thursday. My episodes are under 30 minutes. You can find my podcast on any podcast uh, platform, obviously iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And you can also find it, on, find it on my website, which is divorcedandhappy.net. I would love for your listener to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. And I look forward to connecting with more of your listeners there. Yay. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information. And you can even contact them and reach out, out to them on that page if you have any questions about them or their work. Absolutely. And you know, like this week, we're learning more and more every week with all our amazing guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you know, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty, the end of another amazing show with a super amazing and sexy guest. Sadie Marie, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. And like we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. Now you can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality and sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life. 
and live happy, mm. healthy, and yeah. always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I, and I will include Sadie in there as well, send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.